Greater Kanawha Valley Foundation is proud to present Philanthropy and Friends, the podcast that explores the positive impact of philanthropy and nonprofits in our communities. With your host, Jane Powell. Hi, my name is Jane Powell. Welcome to Community Connections brought to you by the Greater Kanawha Valley Foundation. This is a show showcasing community involvement, and I have a great guest today. I think you're going to love talking with Judge Joanna Tabbitt. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for the invitation, Jane. It's great to be here. So, um, Judge Tabbitt, you are Kanawha County Circuit Court Judge, and we're going to talk today about the Kanawha County Juvenile Drug Rehabilitation Program. Great. Um, I know this is near and dear to your heart, so why don't you just tell me, start, tell me about the program. It's actually the, the favorite part of my job, my favorite part of my job. Um, the program, basically, it's, it's a cooperative effort, really, of the judicial system, probation services, education systems, law enforcement, and mental health, and we all work collectively to, to divert nonviolent juvenile offenders um, that are experiencing substance abuse issues. From, from the juvenile court system such that, that we can supervise them, monitor them, help them, and allow them to stay in the communities with their family as opposed to putting them in, in some type of placement. So you guys just kind of wrap them up in all of your care and your wisdom and, and move them through to the next phase. We, we sure do our best. Yeah. So this program has been going on for a few years, is that right? It has been. So you've kind of inherited it now and have been doing it for? Uh, a little over three years now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and, and, it, and it's a great thing. And there have been some different machinations of it um, as, it's, uh, as it began in Kanawha County. It's probably been in Kanawha County, I'm going to say, over 10 years, 10, 12 years. Um, and I took over about three years ago when uh, the juvenile probation officer at that time, Jackie Elston, um, in, invited me. Uh, to, to take over juvenile drug court. And uh, I'm really glad that she did because as I indicated, it's basically the favorite, my favorite part of my job, working with, working with youth and helping get them to a better place in life. So how many people do you see in a year? How many families? You know, I would say we have at any time in drug court an average of about uh, 15 families. You know, during COVID, uh, our, our numbers dropped and, and we were down around 10, but we've had as many as 20 families too. But we, we average about 15. And 15 for a year or 15 for 15 a year? 15, well, actually, if you're looking at the whole year, in and out, mm -hmm. but at any given time, an average of about 15, we're working with an average of about 15 families. Okay, so what does that mean? When you say working, I mean working with families, right? Yeah, tell me um, what does that they're mean? They're individual juveniles are referred to our program, and they're, they come in as a bunch of different ways. Uh, they can come in through judicial referral, a judge or a magistrate can refer mm -hmm. um, the juveniles to us, probation officers, law enforcement, and um, some will get through the school system as well. So they come to us a lot of different ways, but I say families because, you know, it, it takes a village. And we work with the individual juveniles, but we also work uh, with the families. Parental involvement is key to what we do. And uh, when an individual signs up or is referred to juvenile drug court, they actually sit down with our probation officer. And our current probation officer is, is Amy Schuldes. And they'll sit down with Amy and go through actually what the terms and conditions of juvenile drug court are. And parental involvement is key. 
um, counseling is a really significant part of what it is we do. And the individual juvenile has to do counseling, mm -hmm. the family has to participate in counseling, and the juvenile also participates in group counseling. And uh, we, we also have a, a wonderful volunteer, um, Rosie Hefner, who works with our parents, and she provides parental counseling for them as well. So I just have to ask a question. Um, you talk a lot about the parents' counseling and the parents' involvement. It might not always be the parent, is my guess. Oftentimes it is, it is a guardian. Right. And you know that might be an aunt, might be an uncle, might be a grandparent. Mm -hmm. But someone there with, with the child and helping them. Absolutely. Yeah, to take it home. And I, I'm guessing they have homework and um, the practices to, to carry on. The educational component is, is, is key. And we really found during COVID that so many kids were struggling. I mean, they were struggling through virtual learning and we weren't able to deal with them in person mm -hmm. for a substantial period of time. For, for months, we actually had to do drug court virtually. And that was challenging. I mean, yeah. it was, it's challenging for everybody um, in a COVID world, but that was particularly difficult. But uh, in any event, we, we got through it, and we learned that so many kids were struggling academically. And we're actually um, embarking on a new partnership um, with Marshall University and working with their graduate program in hopes in the fall, recognizing some of the difficulties that our kids were having to do some type of a tutoring or, or have something like that available. And they've been wonderful through that process. Wow. So lots of community partners for this program. We, we really do. We really do. I love that. Um, okay, so just, I, I'm still fascinated by, by everybody coming together. Um, you're, so you pull all the different resources. You're pulling counselors, educators, um, probation officers. You're there representing um, judicial, mm -hmm. and you guys, you're just working out the g a game plan. And, and I can tell you a little bit about what we do. I can tell you're, you're yeah. kind of intrigued about how I, that process I works. I am. Well, every Tuesday, every Tuesday we'll, we'll start drug court. Three o'clock mm -hmm. in the summertime because the kids are out of school. Okay. Four o'clock in the fall and winter. And uh, at three o'clock we have a treatment team meeting. And our treatment team consists of the people that you just identified. Mm -hmm. You've got a judge. You've got two probation officers. You've got our, our counselor now, who is wonderful, Tammy Pearson. You've got law enforcement, who is my bailiff, Sergeant Travis Anderson, who's great. Um, you've got representatives from youth services. You've got representatives from the prosecuting attorney's office, the public defender's office, um, education systems, Don Page. Um, we've, we've got a lot of people working together at that treatment team meeting. And our probation officer will lead us with the discussion of how our participants are doing and how they have done so throughout that is week. Is the juvenile there for this conversation? No, the juveniles are not there. Okay. We are talking kind of confidentially as a treatment team mm -hmm. about what they've done, how they're progressing, and, and what our plan for them for them is and, and what we anticipate addressing with that individual during the drug court process. Okay. So that takes about an hour and then typically we'll start drug court um, about an hour later and that's when, and, and drug court, it's formal in the sense that it's a court proceeding and I'm up there uh, you know on the bench with the robe and because that's important it's important for them to have an appreciation of the level of decorum and to, to have respect for what it is our team is doing absolutely and that, but but on, on the other hand it's it's a little less formal than, than regular court too and really all of this that you're doing is to benefit the juvenile to keep them um, 
out of trouble as they move forward. Absolutely. We, we want to get them drug-free, obviously. Mm -hmm. We want them to improve in their educational pursuits. We're working toward that. And again, as I indicated, that counseling component is really significant, and we want to help them become you know, healthy mentally, healthy emotionally, and give them the tools that they need to do to, to succeed, to remain drug-free mm -hmm. after they graduate and leave our program. Right, because you don't want the cycle to repeat itself. No, we don't. Yeah. And it, it, it's not all um, courtroom drama. There's some fun built into this program. Oh, that, you know, <laughs> there, there absolutely is, and it's wonderful. We, we, get, uh, we have grant money from the, mm -hmm. the state Supreme Court for outings, and we're working on planning that. I, I can tell you what we discussed in treatment team yesterday. We were talking about an outing to, to Power Park with the families. And when I say the families, you know, it's not a family reunion, but it's a family outing. Right. And we'll, we'll take the immediate family out for a picnic at the park, ball game, and, and things like that. And the folks at Power Park have been great about working with us and giving us even vouchers for souvenirs and the like. So a nice day at the park's always fun. We were talking about something collaborative, teamwork building, and talking about putting them in a, doing an escape room or something like that. Yeah. But we, we do try to have fun with them, too. Uh, escape room. I tried that once. I don't know. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. We, we we're just, just flirting with that idea yeah, right now. Stick with the ball game. Okay, yeah. We went to a football game to the tailgate. Um, West Virginia State, UC kind of thing. We had a lot of fun with that. They were great partners as well. Yeah, that's really fun. So you work with them for um, about a year. Is that right? Typically, yeah. About about eight months is, if you get through in eight months, you're doing really well. We have, we're structured in phases, basically four phases of juvenile drug court. And, you know, people have bumps in the road, obviously. Yep. And and uh, it, some people might get through it in eight months, and some people might take a little bit longer. But, you know, obviously, uh, we, we expect that. So we'll so work with them. Is there an end to the program? There's, there's a happy ending, and a happy ending is, is graduation. We just had one last night, and that's Yay! always wonderful to be able to celebrate a program. And, and it's great. As we work through drug court, all the other participants and their families are there hearing about everybody else's experience, and, and they can learn so much from that. And it's really affirming to see somebody graduate, because they, they may not have had a particularly good day yesterday, but you know they can see, you know what, this person had some bumps in the road too, but ultimately got through the program and succeeded. And they can rededicate themselves to it and, and succeed. Yeah, motivation. Mm -hmm. um, so you're here today, but you're also a movie star. I, I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So um, an HBO documentary right. the was films. filmed, right? Uh, James and Debbie Fallow mm -hmm. came to Charleston and filmed. Uh, our Town as part of Our Town's documentary, yeah, yeah. Um, and you got to be part of that. You know, our, our whole treatment team and our whole drug court uh, was part of that, and that was really, that was a lot of fun, and it was, it was new and different, obviously, um, for us, and uh, Jim and Deb Fallows uh, learned about what it was we were doing through uh, through a local lawyer in town, Bob Caulfield, and, and he contacted me and, and asked if our drug court would be agreeable to, to letting them come in and film. We did what we needed to do, obviously, for releases and stuff. And right. they came in and filmed a, a sequence with our treatment team. They came and filmed us at drug court. And they actually even followed us to an outing um, at, at Power Park. And uh, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun to do. And I really enjoyed seeing uh, what they did. And, and I knew they would portray what we did positively. But I was overwhelmingly excited about 
how they made the city look and how they made our community look. You know, I see Larry Gross, I see Charlie Jupiter Hamilton, I see the, you know, the music and the art. Dem Two Brothers is on there, and you know, you've got entrepreneurship with Ty Bullock and and uh, it, it and law enforcement all working together with the justice system and everybody working to make Charleston a better community. And I just loved the fact that they showed our city in such a positive light. And they're coming back. You they know, are, they well, are I coming know to that. town. It's my understanding that the Humanities Council is bringing Jim and Deb Fallows back to town in October. So I'm excited to, to see them again and uh, to hear what they have to say. So this, um, it's an HBO documentary. It's it is. On, um, HBO and HBO Max. Right. It was based on a book that they had written um, traveling. Right, about these communities, about 10 or 15 years ago, mm -hmm. and they came back to the various communities that they had visited then to basically follow up, see what was going on by way of community engagement and portraying it in the fashion that they did. I, I love that they featured Charleston and that they pulled out different parts. Um, drug court is not exactly what you'd think of, but what a nice example. Oh, it, we were honored to, to, to be part of it. We really were. Yeah. So all of this, do you have... Um, and I would never want you to um, to share anyone's identity or sure. identifying, but can you tell me a success story? I love stories sure. about things that... Sure, and, and actually, I'm thinking of a few people who have, who have been on this path in our drug court, and sometimes, you know, uh, things don't work out so well, and, right. and, I'm, and I can serve as a regular judge, and do serve as a regular judge for a lot of the kids, our participants in our drug court. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we like to refer people to drug court that are appropriate referrals so they don't go to placement and so they can stay at home. And, you know, statistically, they, the chances of success are much greater if you can stay at your home and in your community and right. do this. So we, we try to do that initially. Sometimes it doesn't work. And I'm thinking of a few cases in which it has not worked. And um, y you can sense that pretty early on. But irrespective of that, we try and work with the kids. Right and uh, understand that there's some slips ups initially, but if they're not committed to it, we can't help them if they don't want to be helped. So oftentimes, you know, that may result in termination from drug court and it may result in them being referred to placement. But we'll have kids when they transition out, when they complete these programs that we place them in and they transition back into the community, we find that drug court is, is a way to help them transition smoothly from placement to move back into their home and community. And it's really interesting to see them come back and to have learned and to be equipped with the tools that they need to succeed. And they'll come back and be, frankly, our, our drug court rock stars. They That's will help our therapist. I don't know if it's because of me. It's, bec it's because of the programming and, and they're getting it. Mm -hmm. And it, it might take a little bit of the time to, to get them to understand it, but it does. And, and then they come back and they can participate and, and help our therapist and help our probation officers teach and lead the other participants. And Joanna, that's a success That story. is because of you and the program that you lead and all the no, volunteers and the employees that literally are wrapping arms and services around these children to make them productive citizens. We have, Jane, I cannot tell you, we've got a great team of people that work together to, to, to make it successful for these kids. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I've loved learning about it. I've loved having a chance to chat with you, Judge Tabbitt. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you guys for joining us. This has been Community Connections, brought to you by the Greater Canal Valley Foundation. Come back and see us next time.
For more info on the Greater Kanawha Valley Foundation, visit us online at tgkvf.org.